Welcome to Material, a show all about the Google and Android universe. We are on episode 92. That's really exciting. It's sponsored this week by Blue Apron. And I'm extra excited this week because not only is Andy Anarko, Chicago Sun columnist, back, he's also live, reporting live from New York, Andy. Yes, exactly. It was at the Samsung event earlier today uh, <laughs> at the at Li- at Lincoln Center, which is the first time I've been there and not felt like riffraff because I was, no, 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 I'm a journal tech journalist. I'm supposed to be at this place of culture that is being sublet for a vulgar uh, tech rollout. Uh, and then I bought tickets to the opera and I had to like run back to the hotel because I was in riffraff clothing and had to run back to where I was before. Uh, so, but yes, it was an exciting day, wonderful day. Got some stuff. Got some stuff to talk about. Awesome. We're super looking forward to that. Obviously, the huge Samsung announcement is the main thing we're going to cover. We're going to talk about Android O later as well. But first, we've got to introduce our returning guest from last week, Zara. Welcome. I'm back. You're back. Yay. I am. Hi, Andy. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, thanks, Zara. <laughs> I did. I, I, should, should I? Are, are you? Do you have a problem with like uh, people like who either underpronounce or overpronounce the Z? I want to. I want to make sure you know that I don't think your name is Sarah. I'm saying Zara. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but oddly enough, when some people email me, they know my name, but they still misspell it. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I when when the chain stars came out, I I got a good reference. So when I tell people my name, I was like, it's like the store, but with an H at the end. So it's gotten better. <laughs> you're lucky they opened that chain of stores just for you. So you'd be like, that's how you spell my name. Just put a H on the end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I, I was talking to yet another reporter last week, and I still have yet to get to the bottom of this mystery, but our company name Shifty Jelly, no one in America puts the Y on there. It's always Shift Jelly without fail, even though they've, they've got access to the website, they've got the blog, they've got everything else. I don't know what it is about Americas, but they're like they just don't see the why. It's like it's invisible. Well, I just don't. I I didn't want to tell you this before because you spent so much money on the intellectual property. But uh, it's actually a really shifty jelly is a really really vulgar sort of term, <laughs> and I would get so slapped by my editor if I don't change to shift jelly. And people, you know, shift jelly. People know what I'm talking about, but somehow it's okay for me to publish it. Yeah, I had a feeling it would be something like that. It's just like. But look, we spent all the money. That's the company name. What are you going to do? And we're Australians. Like, who who cares? So I reckon we should we we should get straight to the the big news, Andy. You were you were at the event, Samsung. I'm just going to quickly run through the things they announced. Maybe you can give us a bit of a hands on impression. Yeah. So there was the the new Galaxy S8. That's obviously the the biggest sort of headliner. There's a 5.8 inch model. There's a 6.2 inch one. Um, super tall screens that go you know all the way to the, almost the edge of the top and bottom and all the way to the edge of the the other two bits. You've got um, the standard sort of Android things, you know, St- Snapdragon eight thirty five, the latest processor, or in some regions like I believe Australia's are, we get the Exynos version, so the eight eight nine five for those that care about um, those kind of specs. Um, new software home buttons, so it's always been a thing on Samsung phones that you get. Uh, you know, the hardware button at the bottom, that's that's now gone, replaced by software ones. USB-C for the first time in a Galaxy phone. I know the Note 7 actually had it, but we try not to talk about that that phone here. The previous <laughs> S7 was still still micro USB, which was quite funny. Um, a dedicated button for something called Bixby, which we'll be asking Andy about at the moment because I'm super confused by what on earth that is. Um, the the okay. same back camera on the back, a new and improved, you know, 8 megapixel camera on the front. Still a headphone jack, which I'm super happy about. And for those of you <laughs> listening to the show and you're like, I don't, I don't need to know Andy's impression, I want to order it immediately it's available to pre-order tomorrow um, in the regions it's selling in and the shipping time they've said is about three weeks so without further ado andy i'd, I'd love to know what you think <laughs> i was really impressed by it um i didn't know uh, there, there are a couple things i was kind of wondering about because yeah, obviously it got sleeked all the way over the all the way over the horizon before this so we kind of knew what was going on but you don't know until you're actually holding it in your hand how i didn't know i didn't know how it would feel to have a phone that has almost no bezel whatsoever. That it has the edge-to-edge, left-to-right of the uh, of the curved screens that we've seen before. But oh my goodness, it's like they. I I even thought that there was no uh, like phone speaker. Like if you're holding it up using like a regular phone, because that that top part is so thin. And also, not only that, but. Uh, it does. It does have a conventional, like little tiny little strip where you have a little speaker, and of course that's where you have the selfie camera and stuff like that. But not only that, but they just felt as though it is 
they really want to hammer home the point that there is nothing on this front screen that I had to look really carefully to see where that hole was and really carefully and angle it perfectly to see where the camera lens was. Uh, and I got over it in about 10 seconds. It wasn't freaky. The weird aspect ratio, the super stretched aspect ratio also didn't freak me out. Uh, it was, it looked pretty natural as soon as they actually, the only thing that really kind of freaked me out about it is that it's, on the soft buttons, on the application buttons on the bottom, they switched the back button and the application menu, and I was always tapping the wrong thing. Um, but that's a that's also another thing they did where they, to again, to stretch out that screen, they got rid of that mechanical clicky button for the home button, uh, and they've replaced it with, they've promised me that it's not like uh, the soft button, like on my Nexus, where it's just touchscreen and it's just a, a soft button. There is actual hardware underneath that part of the screen to help the home button be a home button. Um, but when you tap it, it feels like the familiar sort of haptics that you have on a lot of different Android phones. It doesn't feel like the, that real mind sweep uh, feeling you get when you tap uh, the trackpad on a MacBook or the, uh, the the force touch on a phone where you feel like <laughs> you, you have, you'd have to yank the battery to convince yourself there isn't an actual button there. It feels like a little buzz of, a very subtle buzz of haptic, but it's localized to exactly where you touched it uh, on, on the home button. So it's not as though the entire thing is vibrating. Uh, so it's it's uh, beautifully designed. It's uh, It really can't, uh, It's it's got no shame uh, comparing itself to uh, an iPhone because this is as beautiful a phone as you're going to get. Uh, it's a glass back, uh, grill glass front. There's an aluminum frame around it. I'm curious to see how well that glass back holds up because uh, Apple had that design uh, on their the, the iPhone uh, 4 uh, and 5 series. And as a, I, there's, the jury is still out on whether, <laughs> whether it was susceptible to damage. <laughs> You'd see people have a perfectly good screen, but you flip it over and you got the broken window pane in the back there. Uh, it's it's uh, there's the jury is still out of, over whether that thing was susceptible to damage or if when you drop the phone the force is being transmitted to that twenty dollar frame of glass that you could easily replace yourself instead and, and was saving your screen so that's something I'm gonna keep an eye on it's nice it's nice when you drop a phone and you pick it up and it looks completely undamaged uh, you don't want to see the airbags deploy and that's what I associate with uh, a back <laughs> piece of, a back piece of glass. Um, it's of uh, the other thing that I, when I get my review unit, I don't know if I'll be able to test this. Uh, it's uh, IP68 waterproofness. Uh, they didn't rub it in uh, Apple's faces that, yeah, we've been doing waterproof phones without like rubber plugs that are exactly as dustproof and waterproof as yours. And somehow we've managed to have a headphone jack in that. Not only, <laughs> hey, we're, we're also, not, we're also too, uh, too, uh, too nice and sweet to point out that, uh, you you think that it's really hard to make room for a headphone jack? Think about how hard it is to make room for a, a, a phone frame where every single, practically every single square millimeter is part of the screen and you have no place to hide anything. And yet we seem to manage to find a place for a headphone jack. Actually, uh, I, I do want to ask you about that, Andy. So I, I've only watched little snippets of the event. I've obviously caught up on all the news. Um, obviously they had that huge, you know, you can't really t not talk about the Note 7 sort of fiasco that they had, you know, a yeah. few months back. What what did the presentation feel like? Did it feel like a, a super bold Samsung? Was it a slightly humble Samsung? Like what kind of marketing message were they putting behind it? Quite normal. Uh, the the only the only the only part that I was that I thought was a mistake was at the beginning. It seemed as though they were trying to sell us on the idea of mobile phones. <laughs> like, you know, you know how you, on your on your standard cordless phone you can maybe get into the yard now with a mobile phone you can go anywhere. Is it? Yeah, it's. I am aware it's 2017. I actually have two of them on my body right now. Uh, so there was a lot of. Uh, but that, but that's okay. You get over that quickly. I, I was curious too to see uh, are they is are they going to acknowledge the element in the the elephant in the room? Uh, they did spend a lot of time in advance of this a few weeks ago. They had a big news sort of stuff saying here is exactly here's the I think it was in January that they had that big sort of release saying we have redone the forensic analysis of the failure of those batteries. We know exactly what what went wrong. We know exactly how it went wrong. Here is what we're doing to make sure it doesn't go wrong that way again. So with that sort of firm, they've pretty much answered every question they could possibly answer. It would have been a distraction to really talk about it there. However, 
at the very, very end, the, the traditional, you know, the top executive comes back onto the stage to close things out. Uh, he did mention, he, he did make that sort of oblique reference to, and eh, no, it's, we make mistakes, but we move forward. And so, okay, we, he's not pretending as though we don't know that this is, that if, if this, if anything goes wrong, if it, if it, if, if the Samsung S8 fails to tell you that your hair looks really good today, and when you clearly your hair looks really good today, and it's supposed to be a feature <laughs> of the phone that it will tell you when your hair looks really good, that could be a big problem for the future of the entire brand. So they, I, I, they, go ahead. I thought they had a slide that says, does not catch fire. Is that like one of the features, <laughs> one of the features <laughs> of the essay? Well, I, 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 uh, I, had, I had my hand up during the Q&A. They didn't call on me. That was going to be my question. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make sure I identify myself not as Chicago Sun-Times, but hi, Andy Notko, co-host of Material Podcast on Relay.fm. Oh, no. Is this one going to set people on fire like the old one did? Just a question sent in by Yasmin Avian of Google. I don't know if you've heard of that company. I'm only asking because, gosh, she works for Google. She must know something. <laughs> I was going to say, Andy, I've seen um, uh, some hands-on videos. We'll have a link in the show notes to, you know, The Verge and MKBHD and other videos like that. But it seemed like at one point they put it up next to like an iPhone 7, not the plus size, and the smaller of the two phones, it seemed very similar to that. Is that just me imagining that or is the smaller version actually, you know, quite small? It's really, it really feels very small. Maybe it might be sort of an optical illusion because I'm seeing a huge screen, but my fingers are wrapping around this very nicely and very comfortably. Um, I mean, they, they're really making good use of this real estate that they've got there. Uh, it feels good in the hand. One of the good things about having that glass in the back is that it sort of with the with the uh, the oils on your skin, it kind of makes it it gives you that sort of lizard <laughs> gecko sort of <laughs> a suction cup sort of thing going on there. So it feels very confident in your hand. It's a lot. It's the perfect weight it doesn't feel heavy but it doesn't feel light and cheap it's just a good reassuring piece of eight hundred dollars of your of your of your of your savings uh going out there and other things they did that were pretty cool that they have a um i i had to go back realize that you're getting me like before i'm have, have a chance to like compare my memory of previous phones i didn't i i uh, i was i just went to the thing where i just you know drill through every single settings just to see what i could learn and I, that's where i discovered the ability to to shrink the screen down i don't know if that was in other uh, galaxy phones i don't remember it but you can just have a set of shortcut where if you swipe up from a corner or triple tap the home button suddenly the screen shrinks down to about uh, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. Say i know what you're talking about yeah, yeah previous was, ones had that as well Okay, yeah. but yeah, that's but works really, really well. I didn't, I hadn't seen that before, uh, so I was really impressed with that. They've got uh, uh, some some stuff that uh, it wouldn't be a Samsung phone if there weren't some technologies that you're like, okay, that's a really cool demo. I think a lot of people are going to look forward to showing it off to their friends for the first week and a half, and then turning it off and never using it again. Uh, so they they have the uh, they, so they have uh, iris scanning. That. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because mm -hmm. I saw that and I saw the face recognition as two separate things. Is that iris scanning any any good? Did you get to try it out? Uh, I actually <laughs> <laughs> does Samsung I, have I, a picture I, of your I, eyeball? I, I guess is what I'm asking. Exactly. I, 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 I actually I actually like sort of like was looking through it, then I actually find myself reflexively like putting my hand over in front of my eyes because <laughs> I thought maybe it's a bad idea for me to have this incredibly if if this if if, if this is uniquely identifiable enough to attach to my bank account, maybe I shouldn't have it on a device that I don't own and control. <laughs> uh, I, so I didn't. It, it looked like it. It looked like it was very easy to set up. I had a couple of. Instant problem, instant things that caught my attention, uh, and that I followed up with uh, questions with uh, some uh, some engineers there. That it works best if you take your glasses off. Yeah, which I was going to ask about that. Not not only that, but even like in this, it says, "Oh, and take your contacts out as well." You see, and I'm like, okay, and I'm uh, no, and I was like, <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> question here is that is that, is that is that just for to get the best reading when you are setting it up or does it mean that every time i want to use my phone at the bus stop i have to like wet my fingers and yank out my contacts um they're saying they're uh, my take after talking to them about it is that they're not all contacts are just clear contacts some of them have color in them and some of them are designed to do something you know make you look like werewolf if you've got your werewolf, werewolf cosplay contacts in 
retina scan will almost certainly not work. But it does, it's, you also you have to hold it like fourteen inches in front of your face. It's I'm I'm just not. I think I think facial recognition and retina scans uh, they work great for desktops where you're sitting down, you're pulling yourself up to the screen anyway. You just hold your face still for a second. I, I don't see how it would be better than simply as I'm pulling this thing out of my pocket, f- finding the little oval in the back that has the fingerprint sensor on it and just holding that. Uh, that's a natural gesture. I'm, I'm just not sure if I would use it on daily day to day. Oh, so, so that fingerprint thing. So in the S7, it's on the home button. Is it still there? Nope, because there is no home button. Uh, it's actually to the uh, to the right of the camera lens. It's sort of like a vertical, oh. like uh, 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 rounded, uh, rounded uh, rectangle, uh, which is uh, I kind of like it because I'm a big fan of having the fingerprint scanner on the back. Yeah. When I'm same. taking it out of a case, right? And also, it's it's indented, so your finger can just sort of find it. Uh, even on the iPhone, it's like it's my, my the the fingers that are holding up this phone and preventing me from dropping it onto a tile floor. They're not going to be at the bottom of the screen. So I kind of like the, like them to, to be on the back. Uh, so that's how did you find sort of reaching that position though? Because obviously on the Pixel and sort of other devices, it's it's a little bit lower and centered. This this one seems like it's higher and off to the right. Like was that hard to get to with your fingers? Yeah, not hard to get to, but I really again, there's, there's, the proof was in the actual using of the thing. Uh, I could really figure. I can I can imagine a lot of really bad pictures being taken with this phone because every time you take it out of your pocket, your finger. <laughs> Blorps right onto the lens. Oh wait, no, not that. The thing right next to it, which would be a shame if it has a good as good a camera as they <laughs> as they're insisting that it does. Uh, but it's it's, it's we'll, we'll we'll find out. It's a it there's I didn't see or feel anything that seemed weird about it or it seemed obvious. Okay, outside of take off your glasses, take off your contact lenses. I'll have to follow up on that. Uh, but it really made me feel like it was a phone that I could. Uh, really enjoy having the they didn't screw up the interface it feels it feels like if you are moving from a different android phone you won't feel like you're using an alien device like like sam a lot of uh, samsung uh, android interfaces have been in the past uh, you would feel right at home with it again the, the the only thing problem that i was having was they flipped those two buttons uh, mm. although the although you can't flip them back apparently change. in the settings I don't know how many Samsung phones you've had, Andy, but it for the longest time that's always been a Samsung thing that their back button is on the right. I don't know why. Even after yeah. Android standardized <laughs> on the left, they're like it goes on the right. I'm like, it drives me crazy because yeah. <laughs> I switch between phones all the time for testing, and I'm constantly pressing the wrong button on Samsung phones. Yep, yep. They did they did something kind of cool though. I, I, don't you love it when you you see some evidence that they were really thinking about how the little details that affect how people use these things. So. Uh, uh, normally, or at least on all the demo phones, like the, the soft buttons at the bottom were just sort of translucent or whatever. But in those same settings where you can switch the order of the buttons around, you can also choose a background color for that bar. Oh. So if you've got like a pink phone mm. case, you can now set that to like a sort of shade of pink so it matches the case. Or if, if just for whatever reason uh, you want to you want to do that sort of stuff. Um, the screen is beautiful. Uh, another Another big win for OLED. Uh, they uh, one of the unanswered questions I need to figure out is they made a big deal about how they've got a, a, mo- a, a compliance with a mobile HDR video standard uh, for like uh, for encoded content like from Amazon and my first reaction was that's really good because boy the, I you know my third or fourth hour of watching a movie on a, on the screen I'm like God, I those there's not enough detail in the blacks. <laughs> Can't make out the details and the shadows on this tiny phone. Exactly. Like when, when my when my bus is four hours late and I decide, well, I guess I'll watch the second of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I don't want to miss anything out in the big war sequences. It's like, okay, that's nice. Again, I'm, I'm glad you worked on this. You should be proud of it. Nice technical technical advancement. But it's like, okay, I don't think I don't think I don't think anyone's going to care about it. Uh, but for because of this because of the screen shape. Uh, most of the most of the apps have the ability. Excuse me, uh, the YouTube app and others have the ability to let you choose how you're going to use that real estate. So you can either have it, you know, f- uh, fill the fill the entire screen and chop off the top and the bottom, or it will shrink down. Uh, there's even uh, it looks at the the answers that I was getting to a lot of direct questions is that they are simply complying. Any app that simply complies with Android ends. Uh, just uh, ability to uh, to reflow uh, reflow an app through whatever arbitrary screen size the app finds itself on will work. So it's not as though you have to be use this new Samsung standard. Uh, there is even there is even a, a, a panel 
uh, in settings so that you can turn off certain uh, apps. Say this app is not allowed to use the extra screen real estate because, like, if it's a game that it just gets screwed up. Okay, fine. <laughs> Bamboozle trick this app into thinking that's running on a standard screen. Yeah, I was going to ask Zara about that. Actually, Zara, you're a Google developer expert, and um, you sent me a, a blog post on Google about how developers are meant to deal with this sort of extra screen space. I didn't quite understand it. I'm hoping you can explain it to me and all our listeners. <laughs> Um, so Google came out with this blog post in time for this Samsung announcement, right? Um, and they were saying, like, it looks like the trend with the newer phones is that this super tall, very stretched aspect ratio. So it looks like if we want to to support this new new thing, we'd have to do some changes to how we we well we have to tell the OS that we do. So essentially, there's this file called uh, Android Manifest in Android apps, and you have to put a new, um, a new element in there to tell the system that you support it. So um, I guess it it comes from when when they started supporting split split screens and multi windows officially in in um, Android. So like as you mentioned earlier, like Samsung has had this forever. But now with like bigger screens, well, I guess it makes more sense because even with the pixel, right, where you have multi windows, like if you split the screen, it's yeah, too tiny short. little it's windows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can barely use it. But <laughs> yeah, I guess. As, <laughs> but with this, with this super tall, especially with the bigger phone size, the the six inch one, um, I would guess more and more developers would have to like think about how they will will um, update their apps to support this split screen or multi-window thing. So they're actually calling it a different name now. Well, they have some subtle changes in the Android OS. So I'm pretty sure we're going to link to the blog post in the show notes, right? Yeah, I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, so they have have some sample code, which I would assume you can just drop into your manifest and that should work. I would yeah. think. <laughs> I would hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's something that really occurred to me as I was using it, that it, it is a little initially off-putting because you're not used to seeing a screen stretch that long. But I could, mm-hmm. uh, but after I got used to it, it's like, oh, my goodness. I could, whereas now I, uh, on my Nexus 5X, I only use split screen when I desperately need to keep an eye on two apps <laughs> at once. Now, with this, it could be easily, I've, I've got a book reader, but I also have something useful in the other pane. Uh, it, I really can't wait to see what happens when developers start targeting this Samsung phone specifically uh, and taking full advantage of it. It's really impressive. Yeah, definitely. The, the, the last question I had about it, Andy, and this one is the one that potentially has confused me the most, is that um, on the phone you've got dedicated volume buttons. Excellent, need those. You've got a lock screen button, definitely need that. There's also a dedicated Bixby button. Did they give you much info about what that actually does? Uh, it does what you think it does. It's they they took they they took the the idea from that hot and the ha- that hot Amazon Amazon Fire phone. <laughs> the one they <laughs> have a wants. dedicated button for search and find. Yeah, um, I couldn't see. I couldn't use Bixby because it was just too noisy in there. So I didn't really. And also, I was I had a lot of other stuff. I was that was uh, <laughs> that was attracting my attention. Uh, it looks pretty cool. I, I like the fact that they decided to once again let's not go uh, let's let's not reinvent the wheel. If you if you swipe to the left from the home, from your home screen, you wind up in Bixby land that looks exactly like Google now. So you don't, you know, it's again, it's, it'll be a, it'll be a familiar gesture for people who are using Android. Uh, it's, it's, I don't, it's not fair to judge an assistant until it's been out for a year or two, because it really has to learn how people are using it. And the engineers have to figure out what guesses that the, they made when designing it that were wrong and how to really adapt this sort of thing. Um, but one thing I did like is that uh, in the demo, they're talking about how it understands context. So like, for instance, uh, to uh, the, the, this, this drives me kind of nuts about my Amazon Echo, where I will say, Echo, turn on the, turn, turn on the bedroom light. Echo, turn off the bath the 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 bathroom light. Echo, turn the kitchen light on, and you feel you feel like you'd be able to say Echo, uh, turn on the bedroom light. Okay, now turn the kitchen lights on. Okay, you feel like you you know what if if, if you don't know what I'm referring to, think about the last thing I just told you. So uh, it sounds not terribly dissimilar to what Google Assistant can do under some circumstances, but as usual, it's going to take a while to figure out uh, what it does. Uh, and how it shines. I mean, Cortana, it, it, I didn't really get it until it was out for a year or two, uh, and it really developed its own personality. So hopefully they're not just 
Uh, they're not just doing a, well, we could just support Google Assistant, but no, we have to have our own trademarks. <laughs> you must use S Health and S Mail and S everything else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. S Cloud. I think they still have S Cloud. That's still a thing. <laughs> so there are there were some other hardware announcements. I, Andy might even have one. Did I did I see something? Oh, it's yes, the exactly. New three sixty camera. Tell us about that, Andy. The new Gear three sixty. Really, it's so it's so much fun. It's the 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 Gear three sixty they introduced for version one last year. It was like a it was like a billiard ball. So you really had to have it mounted in something in order to work. This looks like you know like a Japanese animation, like one of the like the woodland spirits that doesn't speak, but they come out in like yeah. bunches of a dozen, you know, and, yeah. <laughs> and spirited away or something, or maybe like a ghost version of Kenny from from South Park. It looks a lot like Kenny. Uh, yeah. yeah, but it's it's it couldn't be simpler. It's got this really cool OLED screen on it. Uh, it's actually it's got. I will say that as someone who is no longer twenty years old, I kind of wish the buttons were a little bit had bigger, bigger and better labels on them. But it's really really simple. You, uh, oh, I pulled out the, the SD card so I could uh, see if I could get the, the pictures off it. But yeah, it really is just a record button. You push a menu button to switch between pictures and. Uh, uh, 360 degree pictures and 360 degree video. It will also do time lapse. It will also do some sort of HDR. Uh, I was literally, unfortunately, the first time that I uh, I messed with it was actually while I was sitting during intermission uh, at the at the opera. So there are pictures of like me with my face like a foot away in my sort of let's see. I wonder what's going to happen next with it making that sort of scrunched up face that we will never see. Uh, I posted uh, so. <laughs> Supposedly, one of the nice one of the other nice things about it is that uh, it's doesn't it's not just for Android that there's going to be uh, iOS support. Um, however, there was maybe this is just because it's in beta. So the one that they gave out had this little this little QR code tag that says, "Okay, so just scan this QR code to get the app that you need to make it work." So I scanned the QR code. It took me to like an a APK that doesn't only works on Samsung devices. So it's like okay, so I've, I've got my Nexus. I've got my Nexus. It didn't occur to me to to haul out my iPad to see if I could get it to work on the iPad. But nonetheless, we have to get in contact with our PR people, Andy, and say, "Well, I need the phone now. How am I going to test this? I need to I need to bang my shoe on the table or something. Yeah, <laughs> and I need to and I, I want to, I also want to take VR pictures of a, of one of these VR cameras. So I'm gonna need a second one just so I can take pictures of it with the other camera. We'll see. We'll see how well that works. I, I tried to I tried to scam one for for like you two and for 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 everybody in Material, but I realized that they were. I was lucky enough they were giving me a free sandwich at the end, so maybe I shouldn't push my luck. But uh, but at least but at least again it uses a standard S, uh, micro SD card. So uh, I've, like right now I've I do have the card like uh, attached to my iPad, so I was able to get at least the 360 degree pictures. I don't know if it, it's got MP4s on it. I couldn't open the first one I tried to open, so I don't know if they've done something odd with that. Uh, but that's it, it, I, I like the idea of having this cute little camera that. Hopefully, doesn't that doesn't cost so much money that it's only going to be for enthusiasts, and it's not going to be so difficult to use that only enthusiasts will use it. Um, like the the thing that comes to mind is okay. Well, let's say that you're, you're spending four thousand seven hundred dollars to take the family on a cruise on a Disney cruise. It's like okay, you know what? We're going to be in debt for eight years anyway. Let's round it up to an even five thousand dollars. We'll get this, one of these cool three hundred sixty degree cameras uh, and just because it's it's it really is it really is kind of a, addictive. If all you have to do is just hold it up and click click, uh, click the button, uh, it really is fun to know that at some point ten years from now you can just turn around and look wherever you want. Although uh, it, it does have a, it does have a tripod uh, port on the bottom of it, uh, I do realize that looking at the still pictures that <laughs> you have to be really careful about how you how you hold it because some of my pictures are like you see like this huge thumbnail, <laughs> my thumbnail in front of it, and the rest of it is beautiful, well, but it's like at a least huge it's consistent. thumbnail. <laughs> because yes. when you take photos with your phone. Which has your thumbprint on it because of unlocking it. Then when you <laughs> I, switch, I, I, <laughs> that's the finger that smudged my phone. It all makes sense now. I can, I can also I can also tell you the only other disadvantage I found so far is that I, uh, I uh, when I was leaving the theater, uh, I as the audience was clearing out. Of course, I had to go to the dead center of uh, of uh, the Metropolitan Opera House to get a three hundred sixty degree picture. Then I realized, oh, well, cool. I'll, I'll shoot video of, of the walk from here to the inside of Lincoln Center with the fountain and stuff. So the only problem is that uh, I don't know if there's a problem with noise. I don't know if there's a problem with, you know, band, color banding. I can say that one problem that you can't solve is 
every two and a half minutes, someone will say, is that a camera? <laughs> so basically, <laughs> I, have, I haven't played the video back yet, but I can tell you that every three minutes, like, oh, yeah, as, as a matter of fact, it's a 360-degree camera. It's like, oh, really? How does that work? Well, it's pretty much the way you're looking at it. You walk and you hold it. Samsung needs software that lets you scrub out that audio. <laughs> <laughs> we we do have the the Rico version of this, which is sort of similar but older now, and it's it's a really weird experience if you happen to take the video while you're holding it in your hand because you almost feel like a tiny little person being carried by a giant when you're playing the video back. It, it is really weird, like especially if you look at it through something like Google Cardboard, which you can do, you know, when you import it onto like a phone or a computer or whatever. It's yeah, yeah it's bizarre. See, but I, I don't I don't know what the solution is. It's like. I, I could see my I could see you know, having a mount, but like I don't I'm not I, I'm a big enough nerd as it is I don't know if I'm, I can Go survive walking around with this like this Bender style like Dealy Bobber on the top of my head. That's like that's, is that a camera? Yeah. Well, yes, it's no, a it's a, it's a it's a polyp that is embedded into my brain and that they can't surgically remove without killing me. How's your life going? <laughs> so the other thing I really want to ask about Andy is this thing called the Dex, which is um, it's like a desktop dock. So you you dock your S8 in there, um, you plug in a mouse, keyboard, and screen, and suddenly you've got like a I guess a desktop style operating system, but but running Android. Did you get to play with that at all? Just a little bit. Um, it looked like a lot of desktop Android systems I've seen, which means that cool idea, uh, but. God, the number of times that I've seen companies show off this idea, you know, like Motorola with their, I think with the, was the Atrix phones uh, that have a have a, a laptop dock or whatever. Uh, uh, Windows, uh, the last probably the last version of Windows phones uh, had made a big deal out of it. No, it, it's it's running not <laughs> well, not too soon. There's still so there's still the leg's still twitching, but, so we still got to keep beating it until it we can't get up anymore. Uh, but yeah, and that that was done extremely well because it's like, no, this is Windows 10. You can run your Windows 10 apps on it, and it's a it's a really like it's like iris scanning. Where boy, that's a really cool technology. And every time that we uh, go to the corporate retreat as as technology designers, where we're not allowed to use technology, we're just going to be in the sweat lodge and on the ski slopes, and we're going to spend ten hours a day thinking of like, here's what the future is. It just seems to make sense that people are going to say, well, if our phones are as powerful as desktops, why should we have a desktop and a phone? <laughs> and it makes perfectly good logical sense. But every time someone has tried to sell it to consumers, consumers have said, but I like my notebook. My notebook is much, <laughs> my, my notebook is much <laughs> better than my phone. And I don't have to charge two sets of batteries for it. It's like, you know, it's, again, it's cool. And it's, it's, I would much rather have this as an option for people who will love it. And something that does, and if you don't love it or don't need it, it doesn't affect your life at all. Then not have it at all. But okay, it's it 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 didn't impress me as something incredibly great. Maybe if if Samsung knows something that Google hasn't really talked about publicly yet, that they really that Google really 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 wants to make Android into a viable desktop operating system with desktop grade with the with uh, Android apps that are on the phone, but they can expand into full screen apps very nicely. Maybe the, maybe that'll change, and maybe people will think, "Wait, it won't be my main computer, but I will have as one my at home. I will have a, a nice monitor and a nice keyboard and a nice mouse, and I won't have to invest money in a in a good desktop because this will do do uh, do the job for me." So who knows? <laughs> you never know. I mean, I think I'm on exactly the same page as you. Like I've seen these kind of systems before. And I think to myself, if you're going to the trouble of buying a dock, buying a screen, buying a keyboard, buying a mouse, at this point, yeah, if you're into laptops or if you're into desktops, you could have probably just bought one of those and, and had like the best of, you know, Windows or Mac OS or Linux if you're into Linux. Like it, I, I get it, there's enough power in your phone to do it and why the heck not, but it, it does feel sort of, I don't know, more technology than actual useful. Yeah. On the other hand, like you probably, at this point, you probably still have the old 1080 like 24 inch TV that still works, but you kind of outgrew it. So it's in a closet and I've got, I've got so many mouses and keyboards <laughs> hanging around the house that I swear if I run out of candy next Halloween, all the kids are getting mouses. And unfortunately, <laughs> the, unfortunately the 24th kid won't be able to get a mouse because I only have 23 of them. But he will get the monitor. Though. <laughs> exactly. It's lucky you bring the 24th <laughs> <laughs> Last thing I'll say before we, uh, before we go on to uh, Android O, which I really look forward to hearing you guys talk about. So I've been drinking uh, Samsung's Ocean Spray Cranberries. <laughs> 
because I was super, super, I had to run sort of all the way to Lincoln Center because I was running late and I was so thirsty that, you know, never, if, if you've got free drinks available, it's like I took one and started drinking it. So, oh, wait, I probably kind of want a second one. And then by the time like, I left an hour and a half later, oh, I've got like four of these in my bag. So I'm, I'm taking <laughs> advantage of, I, I got to say that the catering for, for the event, can't say much about the phone hands-on yet, but the hands-on experience with the Ocean Spray Cranberry, can't say enough about it. <laughs> we should get them as a sponsor of this show. That, that is a genius idea. I, I will say now that if there are any, you know, you're running a, a, a company out there, you want some, t- you know, you want some good technology coverage, all it takes is four Ocean Sprays and some food. Andy, Andy will be there. <laughs> Do we have UTI? that here, Rosa? What UTI? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so on that note, we, we should talk about our sponsor for uh, for this week. Uh, it is Blue Apron. So this episode of Material is brought to you by Blue Apron, uh, the number one recipe delivery service that has the freshest ingredients. So for less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with fresh, high-quality ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Uh, Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone while supporting more sustainable food systems, setting up the highest standards for ingredients and building a community of home chefs. So Blue Apron seafood is sourced sustainably, sustainably sorry, under standards developed in partnership with the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch. Their beef, chicken and pork come from responsibly raised farms and their produce is sourced from farms that practice regenerative, regenerative farming. So each Blue Apron meal comes with a step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe card and pre-proportioned ingredients that can be prepared in 40 minutes or less. So the, the idea is simple. You sign up with them, they give you a whole bunch of recipes, you choose the ones you want, they deliver the ingredients to you and you get to, to follow these simple steps and cook it. So you might be thinking, what kind of things are on their menu? I'll, I'll give you maybe like one or two examples. You've got the smoky seared catfish with glazed udon noodles. That sounds pretty good. Mushroom and Swiss cheeseburgers with roasted rosemary potato wedges. Also sounds good. Uh, what else? Maybe the sweet and sour salmon and pork. Uh, salmon and pork. That would be amazing. But the sweet and sour salmon, sorry, no pork, with bok choy and ginger fried rice. You can put pork on it if you want. <laughs> you can add you some extra have pork. Have a That's right. <laughs> so Blue Apron <laughs> delivers to 99% of the continental US. There's no weekly commitment. Uh, you only get deliveries if and when you want them. Uh, they have a freshness guarantee, which means the ingredients arrive you know, ready to cook and nice and fresh. Um, and you can check out this week's menu and get three meals free with your first purchase, including free shipping, if you go to blueapron.com slash material. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create an incredible home-cooked meal with Blue Apron. So don't wait. Blueapron.com slash material is where you want to go. And we want to thank Blue Apron so much for their support of this show and all of Real FM. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. So Zara, the the number one reason that we have you on this show is you are a Google developer expert. Neither Andy or I can claim to be a Google developer expert. So <laughs> Android uh, O, the first developer beta shipped last week. I don't want to say they did it on yes. purpose, but they literally dro- dropped it right after we recorded the show. So we hit stop on, I know. on last week's material recording and Google was like, here's Android O. So I'd, I'd, <laughs> because Russell said so. <laughs> So I'd love to get your thoughts on some of the, you know, the big headline features, whether you've installed it on any devices, you know, that kind of thing. Well, they said don't install it on your daily driver because <laughs> I made that mistake last time and I'm not making it again this time. So, but I really want salmon now, Russell. Salmon pork? So anyway. <laughs> salmon pork, the ultimate combinations are. Well, anyway, I saw the, they, they sent out this, well, they posted this list of um, new features in Android O. It's not even improvements on current features, but new features. And it's a really long list. <laughs> and as a user, I'm like, oh, all right, that's that's really cool. But as a developer, I'm like, oh, my God, so many things to update now. <laughs> so it's it's always a challenge as a developer because things move pretty quickly over the last few years with Android. So it's like um, our share, well, maybe not for pocket casts, but for most <laughs> apps in general, the audience share for M, Android M or N is pretty, st- still not majority, I would say. But, and then now we have this um, new OS coming out and people would, well, especially developers, I would say, we will see, start to see some reports of users being on O. So, but it's but it's really exciting, and I, I like how Google is trying to be very proactive about these developer previews, so that you know you, you you catch issues potentially with your app really early on, 
and they're very good with um, taking feedback on what developers encounter while they're shifting. Well, they're trying to support this this new OS version. So there is a lot to digest, but um, as a user, I'm pretty excited. Like there's some pretty cool stuff there. So what's what's kind of the the top few features you're you're most excited about? Well, as a user, uh, I'd say the snoozing notifications is a big thing for me because you know how like sometimes you see something but you really don't have time to look at it, so you end up like having this millions of notification icons in your status bar because like, well, if if there's this breaking news thing, I want to read it eventually, but I don't know how to find it aside from like tapping on this notification, but I don't want to read it like right now. But you know, if, if you snooze it, then uh, like if you're, all right, I'm going to read this on the chain ride home, then I, I, I like it, it makes it for a, for a cleaner phone, I would, I would say, because a lot of times I have a ton of notification and I dismiss everything by accident. And I was like, well, now how do I find all of those again? I don't know. So um, as a user, that that one is pretty exciting. But then I switch into developer mode. And I was like, all right, now how do I do that? <laughs> <laughs> now how do I break it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because like... um. For, for N, when they came out with this bundle notifications and lots of changes, like API changes, and, you know, like, okay, and now you have to think about backporting it and supporting your users, and we have all this shims on making it backward compatible, then that's when it's like, all right, I really don't understand all of it, but I'm going to try. You, you developers are <laughs> such joy kills, Zara. Oh, it's too hard. I There's know. so many things. Like, we, we, as users, we want the fresh new stuff. I will tell you I'm super excited about the uh, the picture-in-picture side of things. Like I, I think they brought that to Android TV or somewhere weird in the last release. And, yeah, they and did. And everyone was like, why is this not on my tablet and maybe even my phone? And I think that that's cool. There are a lot of people out there who want to watch, you know, someone like Andy on Mac Break Weekly and they want to see the video version if, you know, if it's out there. I know a few Android shows have them as well. It would be really cool to just have it sitting down there in a tiny little window. So I'm, I'm kind of excited by that. Yeah, and I guess with the bigger phones too, because like with <laughs> tablets, you know, like tablets sort of died a really slow death in terms of like how many users <laughs> use it. But now phones are getting bigger again, but they're not tablets, they're still phones. So I, I, I would think it would take up, um, it, it would be pretty interesting to see this resurgence of bigger screens again. Yeah, or just or just for chat apps I mean, uh, to be able to in, be doing whatever you want to do in another app, but you're still continuing to have a conversation with your friend or your or, yeah. or your mom or dad. Uh, it's gonna be it's just gonna be fun to see how developers really play with uh, this sort of stuff. Is is it weird that that they did that they did this big announcement before Google I/O? It it seemed to make sense to it seemed a lot kinder to say that rather than spring this on you. And then you will you will find questions to ask a week after you are no longer <laughs> talking with our engineers every single day. Like come to us, <laughs> come to us. Like our, our feel feel the as you're on your as you're on the plane, practice putting your hands on the throat of the person who thought that it would be funny to screw up your next project by changing the entire API this way. But you will at least go back. Uh, to fly back home either as a wanted felon or with the solutions on how it's, it'll actually make your app better. But to, is that, have they done this before? I'm trying to figure out if they if that was they did last year and the year before. If that's like part of the status quo. Yeah, they they did it last year. Well, they did it like I think the two previous two or three releases of the Android OS. Like they announced it before I/O, um, which I think works somehow alrightish for them because then you get to fix like the very obvious bugs that people find because developers will try it out, right? Um, and then when you get to I.O., you sort of figured out like which ones work best and which ones need more work. So, Yeah, I would say from, yeah. from my perspective because I do iOS development as well, I think this is actually a kind of method to developers because what you have is initially you have the developer-only beta. So to get this onto your phone, you literally have to flash your entire phone using the developer tools. All your stuff disappears. Um, it comes back as like an iPhone. It's very um, customer, like unfriendly. I love that as a developer. So, And then at Google I.O., what they generally do is once they've had a few developer-only betas, they'll release the public beta. So this is where you, know, you can just go to a website and you can say, I want into the beta because... 
you know, I'm an Android super fan and I must have this now. And that way they've given developers a few months to, you know, if the app happens to crash on launch, which is quite common in new OS releases on both iOS and Android, when you get beta one, um, some of the apps you just open and they open and close. And it's just something the developers done. It's normally a really easy thing to fix, but because they haven't seen the OS at all, they weren't involved in the development, they can't fix it until they get it. So I like that sort of aspect to it. I do kind of like that it's stretched out for manufacturers as well. So in March, you get the first beta, presumably you get some kind of code drop if you're Samsung or LG or whatever as well. And then you get to kind of see it progress and sort of give feedback and also start working on your you know, custom whatever it is that you build at Samsung and LG. It does seem to have sped up release cycles a little bit. I do notice the a lot of Samsung phones especially and Sony ones uh, seem to be the fastest out of the gate these days as well, mm, got yeah. the new releases. It seems sooner than they would have normally and maybe that's that's part of this as well. Yeah, I think last year Sony actually participated in the previews. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's really cool for them. Yeah, I mean, I just kind of wish they were more popular. It seems like the, you know, yeah. you've got Samsung, you've got LG, you've got Huawei, you've got, and then right at the end is Sony, you know, trying really hard. And they make some really nice devices. I'm sure there are some fans in the audience, but I, I do like that the fact that they're really aggressive with updates now. So some of the other stuff um, in the OS, you've got autofill. So apps like LastPass and OnePassword will now be able to integrate way more directly into your app experience. So at the moment, if you use something like OnePassword, you've got to launch the keyboard. It's, it's a little bit fiddly. Then you've got to hold down and then yeah. it'll say, you know, press fill username, press fill password. Hopefully that's, you know, a thing of the past. Something that I've been kind of trying to get my head around is adaptive icons as well. So you've now got the ability um, when you've got an icon to specify a background uh, color or image and a foreground sort of image. And the idea is that those two are independent of each other. So in the example of Pocket Cast, you might have our logo you know, and white on top of perhaps like a red background. And then what, you know, various manufacturers can do, like if they want to show it in a circle, they can show it in a circle. If they want like a rounded rectangle, they can have a rounded rectangle. A squircle. Is a squircle? Is that the technical name? Squircle. I love designers when they sit down and they argue about, oh, you see the actual radius of this this corner is slightly different to this corner and therefore it's a we super squircle. We spent $380,000 deciding that radius. <laughs> we will not be mocked on the radius we have chosen. And I also get the impression that this might have be tied into animation in some way as well. Like the the fact that you could, you now have two different layers. I don't know if you've seen, I assume Andy's seen the Apple TV implementation. I don't know if you've seen it, Zara, where as you kind of, um, I was going to say mouse over, but it's more track over, I guess, with the, the track paddy thing. The icon can actually move a little bit. So maybe they'll be able to do some sort of interesting animation style things as well. Oh, you, you know what's kind of interesting about that is they mentioned that they're revisiting keyboard input. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. So like keyboard and, you know, like in the really old days of Android, phones used to have trackpads yeah, and D-pads. <laughs> yeah. So they're, they're kind of revisiting that, they said, and like different um, input devices. So who knows? Maybe like when you have a mouse or, a, you know, your arrow keys and you move from one icon to another and they that could be interesting. or yeah. shake yeah. a little. Yeah. I just hope that... Um, they don't like randomly move, you know, like I, I hate to open my <laughs> launcher and see everything wiggling. I bet you there's a launcher developer out there. Chris Lacey, if you're listening, developer of uh, Action Launcher, feel free. Yeah. As I swipe around, my icons will bounce yeah. around. Why, why the heck not? That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does seem like a way to take a, a step forward from flags. Like, a, is this like a more uh, meaty way for you to be able to communicate to the user Without you opening my app, I'm going to tell you that there is something going on you probably want to put your eyeballs on. Uh, I don't know I don't know how they go better than just simply putting a number on an icon or something. But when I, when I saw foreground and background, I was saying, okay, so the background is going to be my static icon. The foreground is going to be whatever piece of information I want to display to the user. Like if you're doing a, a torrent or if you're doing a download or something, here's the progress of, of that download. Or if you're doing like a sync between uh, your photos, libraries, and stuff like that. Uh, it really seems like a, I love seeing these additional levels of just fine tuning and polish uh, that keep uh, being added on Android. It's like it really is just a very, very pretty uh, user interface. Material is just holding up and proving to be just so flexible that it's not going to require a revolution anytime soon. They can just simply flesh it out a little bit more as they keep going. Um, I, I've been keeping quiet because I was really looking forward to hearing you guys talk about uh, oh, and most of the stuff that I was looking at is, oh, it's, I see, I understand the developer language they're using. <laughs> I don't understand how it'll be make it easier for me to find a game. I don't know. 
but it was uh, it, 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 I really liked the, seeing uh, all these uh, different refinements they seem to be adding onto it. So now I'm even more eager to see what happens at Google I/O. Well, one of the one of the biggest ones, Andy, that they they dropped is that um, as of Google I/O, Android is now color managed, which it might not mean a lot to a lot of our listeners, but that is a huge deal. Like if you ever talk to a developer and you ask them about time zones, you'll see their brain just melt. Like if they've been developing for any amount of time, just time zones are the worst. I live in a half hour one. There are 15 minute ones. There's daylight savings. Color management is even worse. So if you ever talk to a graphics developer, they're like, oh my goodness, color management is the most complicated sort of intricate system sort of in the world. And iOS has had it for a little while. Mac OS has obviously had it for longer. The interesting part about the latest release of Android O is that the color management built in now is actually superior to all those other platforms. So they, we now have a better color management system than iOS, which is yes. not something I'd ever <laughs> thought I'd sit here and be saying that, you know, Android, the the operating system that was previously famous for, you know, fully blown out, saturated, like OLED displays <laughs> with crazy reds and like, you know, just blacks that absolutely pop. Yeah. Now, as a developer, you can actually opt in per activity. So I guess the closest thing, if you're thinking about this as a user, what is an activity? I guess it's a screen. It's it's not necessarily Mm. a screen, but just think of it as a screen or a window in your app. You can now say, okay, this particular window is color managed, and then you can do cool stuff in there. So if you're a a picture-taking app, if you're an editing app of some kind, you can say if this was taken in, you know, wide gamut or Adobe P3 or whatever color format, we can now display that, you know, on the screen accurately, which... It, I know it doesn't sound exciting, perhaps if you use it, but accurate color management is super exciting for any sort of sort of graphics or um, image editing program. It's it's essential, and now you're starting to get phones that have you know wide gamut displays. They've got they can display wider color. I did find it a bit weird on the iOS side. Apple's like, here's this amazing display, and it is a really nice display, but the underlying architecture that drives it is not good enough to actually show you every single color that display can do. And it looks like on the Android side of the fence, they're actually fixing that, which I'm I'm super excited about. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's I do I do so much messing around with photos uh, on all my phones, and yeah, just the ability to say that what what I'm looking at here on my uh, on my Nexus Five X, when I po- if I decide to post this to Instagram, it's not going to be like all washed out and gray and a little bit green when I look at it on my much more expensive uh, and nicer uh, iPad Pro. Um, and also it's, I can't, I can't help but like just maybe this is wishful thinking on my part, but a lot of the stuff when I'm looking at uh, what Android O can do seems to be like, huh, now if I were, if I had it in my product roadmap to make mm-hmm. Android laptops an official category in 2018 <laughs> or 2019, I would want to make sure the color management is in place because we already have Adobe Lightroom that works well on Chromebooks and works well on run on phones and supports RAW. And I'm sure that if we wanted to steal the lunch money of iPads, we would want to tell users and developers that, oh, well, we have even better color management than the so-called creative professional iPad. But maybe, like, maybe it's just me like <laughs> wanting, to, wanting to start a fight so that I can then write about the fight. No, I think I think you're onto something there, Andy. That there is the potential that this is all being built for for something bigger. I mean, if if you look at the the laptop sort of scene, Chromebooks are dominating, you know, the education space and a few other markets. Not not sort of universally though. Android tablets, kind of like Zara was saying before, seem to have died off like almost entirely. Like people still buy them. You still watch movies on them. You still, I'm sure there's fans out there that use them, but the sales numbers are not great. So it is kind of interesting to know what Google's going to do with Android. You know, in the next two, three, four years. Even Apple's having problems trying to figure out how to sell iPads. They, you know, they they they've I think they've given up on education because there's just they just don't have a product that can compete. And it's not because that their the iPads are terrible; it's because it's just uniquely ill suited to what an administrator at a school needs a hundred copies of a computer to do. Uh, and so this is why you see all these ads where they're trying to get at enterprise users. To saying, oh well, this iPad is just as good as a laptop, and it can open Office files just like a laptop, and it can do all this stuff just like a laptop. And as someone who's like, <laughs> I'm a Mac user, I love my Mac. Like, why aren't you spending money telling people <laughs> that a MacBook makes a good laptop? Well, um, so the other super interesting thing, Andy, is literally the next thing I've got here in our show doc is improved multi-display support. So again, if you're thinking about some form of desktop <laughs> operating system, you're like, why would I need improved multi-display support? Interesting. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Maybe it's a VR thing where you can like you, you've got your Samsung Galaxy S8, but you still have your S6, which is pretty good. So you can just sort of tether them together and just sort of <laughs> glue them to a pair of frames for one for each. You know. You know. Now that I think about it, that makes way more say, sense. 
I was gonna say a poor man's VR, but then if you have an S6 and an S8, yeah, then you're not poor. You got you got fifteen hundred dollars worth of stuff scrapped to your face. I don't. <laughs> So the, the last two things here, Zara, which I hope you can tell me more about because I'm not super familiar with them, are battery life improvements and revisiting keyboard input. I'd love to know about those things. Oh, yes. So the battery life improvements, I, I think they've, Google has invested a lot of effort in this over the last, well, since M, when they introduced those mode, where, you know, like um, if you need to update something or if, if apps need to update, they do, they listen for move, for your movement. So... Um, and they've improved this constantly, and I see that they're pushing it more for O. So they're really getting aggressive with apps not being good citizens of battery usage. <laughs> so that would never um, happen on Android. Because lies. <laughs> no one abuses all this <laughs> democracy. So <laughs> because um, with Android, you know, like you can most apps. I think the most common is listening to location updates. I guess. Um, so usually, well, before you just ask Google, all right, give me location updates and you just forever listen to it. So now they're getting more aggressive with um, providing you with relevant updates at the right times. So which I guess would help with battery improvement in the long run, because if well, the way they explained it initially was that if what happens is when you get a location update, the OS broadcasts it to everyone. Like, okay, we have a location update and all apps like wake up and do their thing. And if it turns out that, well, I don't want to listen. Well, I don't have anything to do with this update anyway. But still, you know, you've woken up all these apps that turn out to like not even need updating. So now um, they've, they've beco- they're becoming more strict with how apps deal with these updates. Um, and when, um, so apps can also in Android can also hold wake locks, which mean like can keep the display or the phone, like your, your app is alive, even if it's not on the foreground, even if you're not using it. So now they have, uh, they have this mechanism in O where they're just gonna, they're just gonna release the wake lock. Like if you're not, if you're stopped or if you're in the background, um, you can't hold on to your wake locks anymore. So this, um, I guess these are the things that um, if developers are going to be good citizens, like, uh, well, I guess, especially now, because phones have, um, phones use up a lot of energy. And I guess users are becoming more, um, what's it, becoming more aware of how to monitor um, their apps usage of phone resources. So I, I guess if you, if you want to have good feedback because like as a developer we we maybe about a year ago we got these reviews about people are actually commenting about you used up this much percent <laughs> of my battery it's 450 which, which is, hours. how dare you how dare you <laughs> which is kind of interesting right like i mean like maybe six years ago i if you told me that people would tell me why is your app using so much data or so much battery I was like why would they care but people are being more aware. Does Google or Android do any like app shaming, like what Apple does, where it will <laughs> it will say, "Oh, I'm I'm sorry, your app does not support this," and so therefore it's going to have to run in a special mode that's it's only in black and white, and it will only have a frame rate of <laughs> one frame every ten seconds. <laughs> if this is a problem Samsung for you, does. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Samsung yeah. does. Samsung does. Um, they they do the thing where um, if your app crashes in the back, well, even if it's in the background. It will surface a, a notification that says, "This app has crashed this many times. Do you want me to kill it?" <laughs> uh, so. Samsung, I love it. I know the um, the <laughs> yeah. Huawei lines of phones, like some of them, like the Honor Eight, actually have a shaming mode. Anthony, they, uh, I called you Anthony. Andy, they come up um, with a notification mm-hmm. that basically says, "Hey, this app's been using a lot of your battery. Do you want to shut it down?" You know, this <laughs> app is, and I'm like, "Whoa, that's 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 quite aggressive." So maybe. Maybe Google's going there as well. I know at the moment you can go obviously to the battery section and you can see a hierarchical yeah, list of, list. I think it's since yeah. the last time we charged, here's all the apps that have been using a battery and yeah. here's exactly how much. And if you tap on them, you get these really sort of geeky developer details. They're like, they took out, you know, 12 wake locks and they use this much CPU time. <laughs> <Yeah>. and... <laughs> it's like milliampere hours yeah, exactly. of your battery. <laughs> yeah. And I guess you can, you can um, from there, you can force stop it or you can enter, but and like, 
I see more people. I'm surprised by this, actually. Like when I'm on the train and I see people with Android phones, they have their battery saver on. Oh, I see that constantly on iOS as well. You just see people with the, the orange bars on Android. The I think red, on iOS yeah, it's, yeah. I forget what the color is, but you can tell straight away. You're like, why? What's yeah. that? So, yeah, I guess uh, as developers, we'd have to take this like more seriously, especially if once once Google lays down the law and just says, all right, we're just going to kill your app. And then you start crashing in the background. <laughs> I like, mean, it's not going to be good. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I do like the fact that on Android, developers have had that freedom traditionally to do whatever they want. But the problem is when you give... Um, you know, hundreds of thousands of developers the freedom to do whatever they want. Some of them will do <laughs> yeah. whatever they want. <laughs> and that might not be what you want for your phone. And what the developer wants to do is to go home early on Thursday and have a three-day weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, battery optimizations, though. It's, we're going to have far less bugs if my app just stays open 24-7 and listens for everything. Like I, I have seen cases of that where on Android you can, like you say, Zara, you can register for tell me about location updates, tell me when the screen's unlocked, tell me when the phone reboot. You can yeah. register for all these things. And sometimes you just get apps that do. They're like, well, what, what can it hurt to be like registered for every single thing you can possibly be like? Yeah. registered for and I, I could see why Google's cracking down it's like yeah we had this idea of democracy and letting developers do the right thing it kind of worked mostly you, you did get some cool things like the Facebook um, you know chat ads and stuff if you're into that but sometimes yeah. it backfired royally you'd install some app and it just absolutely slaughter the battery life on your phone and it's Google that ends up looking bad or whoever you bought your phone from you're like oh this phone's this phone's no good last two hours like what's the point it must be so gutting for Google engineers to say that we have created we yeah we know that six years ago this operating system was we were still building it there were a lot of big problems with it it wasn't it crashed a lot used a lot of battery wouldn't last two hours but we spent I I don't know what I don't know the names of my kids because I spent so much time <laughs> fixing the battery and so you say I give this to you saying oh by the way here is this big beautiful jewel known as power management and so oh that's great that means that i don't have to spend the next two weeks making my app efficient i could just keep pinging the cpu as many times as i want it's like no that's not why that's not why my i, I was okay with my children hating me <laughs> <laughs> all right we, we should probably wrap the show up we've been going for, for long enough i think that's that's probably a reasonably good place to end it. Sorry, Google engineers, you know, if we as app developers have ever done anything to, to cause you grief. Like, that's that's life. I guess you get us back every year when you release all these brand new, like, API changes. It's it's the circle of revenge, I like to think of it as. Well, it, when the circle of revenge realize that I'm not a, I'm the only person in this conversation who is not a developer. I'm the journalist who says, isn't it great that the next version of Android has so much work in it to make things better for users? <laughs> what, what I'm saying is, I, 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 next time I'm at Google, I, I want to still be able to get that like eight kajillion gigabit Wi-Fi, and I still want to get those free burritos and the stuff like there. I, I don't want to be cut off from access to the loveliness of the Google campus. Ah, I do have a bit of bit of follow up. I don't know if listeners remember in a very early a show, Yasmin was asking for free burritos from Google. I believe she got one or two through someone sending her a voucher. I have confirmed that she now has access to as many free burritos as she wants. So I think that wish has been like more than fulfilled. It's just, from what I hear, it's just raining burritos on the uh, Mountain View campus. I can imagine Yasmin swimming <laughs> in a pool of burritos. Swimming in burritos. <laughs> I, I, I did think it was kind of harsh that you know she put this thing on her Instagram of her wastebasket filled with free burritos <laughs> just to spite. Oh, you know, I just... I just but take as many as I carry, and sometimes I don't eat any of them. I just throw them away. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Andy. I'm sorry, Russell. You know, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't sorry, quite the right temperature, so I just bend it and got another one. Like it's, it's no big deal. They're everywhere. Well, 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 it doesn't well, have well. the right. It doesn't have the right number of tomato slices. <laughs> throw it away. Okay, but uh, how, about, how about this, Yasmin? Are you getting free name brand Ocean Spray cranberry juice juice cocktail? Yeah, Yasmin. I'm Are getting you? Samsung. Samsung has given me as much cranberry juice as I want. <laughs> So you're not the only one who's kind of, you know, thought of a special somewhere. <laughs> uh, and on that note, Zara, if people want to find you online, where's, where's the best place to go? Oh, you can find me on Twitter. Um, I'm at ZaraJutz. That's Z-A-R-A-H-J-U-T-Z. Or you can find me on my website. It's com. Excellent. And Andy, what about yourself? If people want to follow your travels and find out what you're up to. Uh, sometimes.com for the stuff I get paid for where as soon as this is over and I finally I'm sitting on the floor so as soon as I get this cramp out of my leg I will have to sit and 
and actually write a column about what I what I saw today. Uh, otherwise, spell my last name. I'm at anatko.com on my blog. Uh, I'm anatko on Instagram and anatko on Twitter. Excellent. And I'm at Rusty Shelf on Twitter. You can find our podcast at Material Podcast. Uh, you can email us feedback, materialpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find all our shows and show notes and various other sort of bits of information at relay.fm slash material. And that's it, Andy. We're still trying to figure out a way to wrap this show. I believe last week we had, what was your line, Zara? Something about koalas are awesome, deal with it or something like that. <laughs> I still stand by it though. Koalas are awesome. We we had um Micah Sargent on the show last week, Andy, and he was trying to um strongly infer that, you know, koalas were evil and disgusting and whatever else. I don't I don't know why he's got it in for them, but I think it backfired on him. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, a koala foreclosed on his dad's property when they're growing up, kinda of kicked him out in the street, never really got over it. But, <laughs> hey, you know, market economy. That's you got behind the mortgage payments. That's what happens. And until next week, listeners, market economy, don't get behind your mortgage payments. <laughs>